Good morning, everyone. This is Good Medicine is Cheaper Medicine. I'm Shelley Wrench, along with Dr. Nash Gabriel. We're both from the Cancer Gabriel Cancer Center. Today, I want to discuss a subject that I think a lot of our listeners have heard about. I think they may have some that have participated in, but I wonder if they really fully understand, and that is alternative medicine. Yes. So, from a physician standpoint, what is alternative medicine? From a physician standpoint, um, I, let me speak on behalf of the public. On, the, on behalf of the public, I would say the term alternative medicine is treating diseases by methods which are not included in the traditional medicine. Example, I'm a cancer specialist, right? We have our cancer center. How do we treat cancer? We treat it with anti-cancer drugs, being targeted therapy, being immunotherapy, being the old-fashioned chemotherapy. That is medicine, traditional medicine. I might add, call it scientific medicine. Alternative medicine is using methods that are outside the realm of traditional scientific medicine. So, herbs, diet, all kinds of diet, shark cartilage in the old old days, beef cartilage, and then God knows what. These are alternative methods of treating a disease. So, it's totally not taking the traditional therapy at all, and they're only doing alternative treatments. Correct? Yes, correct. So it's completely alternative. By definition, alternative meaning well, check in the in the Wikipedia or, or in the in the Webster dictionary, alternative meaning instead of. Instead of. Now whether the public abide by that definition, whether the public view alternative in that definition, um, I don't know. I'm sure most of the people do. But I'm certain there are people who create their own definition. You know, it's the First Amendment, right? Well, I I think just over the past 22 years experience, we have had some patients come in and they chose alternative method. And I'm thinking of one a long time ago, um, a young breast cancer patient. She had long hair, a couple of... Um, teenage girls, daughters, and I think, you know, she didn't want to lose her hair, number one, and I think that she was just, she didn't want to put herself through the turmoil of having all the, and, you know, losing her hair and being sick and everything else, so do they think, I, I think that sometimes they justify that alternative is actually totally alternative too, and will create just as good as outcome, if not better. Right. I, you wish that people would know that. You know what's more important also, Shari? Those people who fight traditional medicine to promote alternative methods, they zoom on the side effects like, oh, you lose your hair. Well, it's really unfortunate that this program is radio, not TV, because everybody will look at my head. I have no hair. And you know what? I am not that bad looking, you know? Yeah, and I do have a lot of hair. <laughs> <laughs> you do have a lot of hair. So... Uh, it's uh, th- that's how they they market them. In fact, you you can you know you just watch TV 
and you see the commercials about there is another thing we <clears throat> we maybe need to talk about and that is natural things so uh, uh, example is testosterone supplements we all know that they can be dangerous right if used unnecessarily there is no doubt there are some people who just don't make enough testosterone and we need to give them replacement to achieve a level that's similar to other people. But there are lots of people who take androgen testosterone. By the way, it's all the same. They take them because they make you feel stronger. They make... Bigger muscles. Bigger muscles. Maybe smarter too. Uh, sex drive. Uh, the sex drive is fantastic with that. Uh, but also we warn them. So when um, when they come to us, those patients or those individuals... To, uh, or go to the family doc asking for a testosterone um, supplement, the, a good family doc will say, absolutely not, your testosterone level is normal. So what they do, they go to the, watch, watch the TV, and they say, well, this is actually a natural form. What on earth is that? Yeah, what, did, what uh, is that? Do you know what's really behind it? Um, uh, bogus. So um, the, and when, when they say natural, they say they're saying that it was not manufactured in the factory. Fact is, the penicillin, just give it a simple example, the penicillin that we make in the lab is exactly the same chemical structure like the penicillin that is produced by the fungus penicillin. The chemical structure is the same. So, the penicillin that's made by the fungus, we call it natural, they call it natural. The other one is not is artificial, but the component is exactly the same. Gotcha. And actually, if you want to expand this talk, Shelley, you can talk even about the um, what do you call the foods that we buy more expensive in the market? The um, gluten free. Huh? The gluten free. No, 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 no. The ones. Oh, uh, organic. The organic. Really? If you sign again scientifically, if you look into the science of it. Uh, questionable science. But that's a different topic. We'll talk about that in the future. Right, right, right. So the FDA has nothing to do with whether it's naturally made or alternative. There's absolutely no regulation by the FDA, correct? Uh, no, there isn't. Uh, I mean, you're, you're right. There is no regulation by the FDA. The FDA currently is becoming a little bit concerned about the, um, not only false claims, but dangerous claims um, and uh, for a while, the FDA established, no, the National Institute of Health established a division called the, the Division of Alternative Medicine. So the NIH, the National Institute of Health, which has a budget of I don't know how many billion dollars, 100, 120 billion, they have many branches dealing with different branches of medicine. So there is the NCI, which is National Cancer Institute. There is the Institute of uh, Blood and Circulation. There is the Institute of Rheumatic Diseases and goes on and on. And because alternative medicine became prevalent, some people thought that maybe we should have such a division. Some people like me was not thrilled about the idea because you basically are um, justifying or, or acknowledging the value uh, and then we all discovered that it was all political thing. And in fact, there hasn't been 
a director for that division that lasted more than six months. Right. Wow. You think there is a big turnover at, at the White House now with the staffing? Oh, that uh, the Institute of uh, Alternative Medicine was every six months a new director because big exodus. I, I, you know, I'm not surprised because it would be tough because there is, there is this mainstream uh, of of the people and the media who are saying, well, you know, it's an alternative thing instead of regular medicine, and there is the scientific people who acknowledge the fact that science is the reason why the lifespan of Americans had, or the people in general in the world, but in America, the lifespan of Americans has increased from something like 32 back in the, during the World War I, and now it's 78, and stretching more. Right. It's all because of science. It's not because of the natural things that, in fact, there were more natural things in nature than we have now, right? So we, we could have, you know, with the, cocoa leaves that we saw in Peru, we could have brought them back and made some kind of medicine out of them, proclaiming anti-anxiety, anti-depression. It really would cure everything, because those cocoa leaves are... Do you remember when we went to the Amazon uh, during Christmas? Um, That's what you're referring to, right? Right, right. So they took us on this tour to the shaman, which is the medicine woman. Oh, yeah. In the jungle where uh, they were living like people, the way human beings lived about 6,000 years ago. Yeah. Actually, the Sumerians and Akkadians probably had better lifestyle than those poor people. And this lady, remember, again, again, I wish we had a, a TV because we would show the picture of these bottles. I think they were all Pepsi and Coke big bottles. Yeah, that she dug out of the Amazon probably 50 years ago. Just imagine, as a business model, we bring those bottles and we put them in little cans and say, this is the stuff we got from the Amazon basin, which is true. This is the stuff we got of all these plants that are full of alkaloids and actually piranha feeds on them too. Can you imagine, see piranha, how strong it is because it eats those things? Can you imagine how much money you'll make out of that? But... So bogus, right? Well, you even tried one of her medicines. I did. You, she, she, she massaged my head with, with some lotion and, and, and said that you were going to no longer be bald. You were going to start growing hair. And Yeah. She said, I don't no. know if there's a delayed reaction to this. I got sick no. after two days, by the way. <laughs> you did. You were in bed the whole night. I was day. in bed <laughs> for two days because she rubbed that thing on my forehead. I don't know what that I think it was all chemicals. Yeah, she was sure that I'll grow my hair. I wish I could go back and tell her, hey, it didn't work. Yeah, well, and remember how she, she blew her Marlboro light cigarette smoke on the oh, feed and great. gave it to us yeah. and said that we will, you have, I have it with me in my purse right now. It's supposed to be good luck wherever you go. Never you get just sick. Imagine, imagine you bring these chemicals from the Amazon basin. You know what I can do? I can go to Iraq, to the south. And, you know, the historic Tigris and Euphrates, go and collect some, some, collect some leaves. By the way, not to go on the sideways, but I can do that. You can bring a grass, any grass, chop it, dry it, whatever, put it in capsules and sell it. And the FDA has no say in it. Compared to us, the traditional, the scientific medicine, we spent more than 10 years developing one drug, if you are lucky that the FDA will approve. Right. Uh, and if, if the FDA doesn't approve it, and you use it, you actually go to jail. Not only you lose your license, but you lose, but you, you can go to jail. Whereas, if I if we bring those alkaloid-rich grasses from the Amazon basin, 
and encapsulate them in a nice ship, not in the dirty bottles that she showed us. Oh, disgusting and bottles. Yeah, it smelled like hell when she put, she put it on my, my forehead. And encapsulate those, and you can claim, and you can make any claim you want. Alkaloids, actually, we use alkaloids to kill cancer. So you say, you know what? These are alkaloids actually from Mother Nature, unaltered by the, the, the feisty human beings that actually damage life and damage nature. And you see, and blessed by the shaman, <laughs> blessed by the shaman who actually spent. She said she spent eight years, the shaman to become a shaman. She spent eight years in celibacy. I don't know why you have to avoid sex to be built. By the way, that's besides the point. It was an awesome experience. It was. <laughs> now I I want to change shift directions just a little bit because I think there's a lot of people that are not understanding fully. Now hopefully they understand alternatives completely. Alternative treatment. Yes. I want to talk a little bit about complementary medicine. What is complementary medicine? So, complementary medicine, um, uh, the, the term came when people started realizing that there was a pushback by the people who believe in science, people who believe in scientific methods, start pushing back, say, listen, this doesn't make sense. Uh, this idea of making a juice out of grass or getting the bones of a shark and crush them and put them in the capsule and sell it for $300. Um, this is not good. In addition to the fact that people start not, noticing that it doesn't work. So what did they say? They said, well, you know, um, it doesn't work alone, but it works when you combine with the traditional treatment. So you complement. You justify the complementary portion right. of it. So you complement traditional medicine with the alternative rather than use the alternative as the sole method of treatment. Don't you think that some physicians use complementary medicine to satisfy both sides of patients? The both both types of patients I should say. Patient appeasement? Yes. Absolutely. And it is I cannot be judgmental about this, but uh, to me it's one of the uh commandments in medicine you don't do that in fact in our uh, ethical code in medicine uh, i believe i checked even in the ohio um the 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 the, the ohio what you call code that it says a physician has the obligation to refuse to give treatment that he or she deems useless and ineffective so why do physicians choose to do this? Well, because, number one, by nature, doctors are appeasers. Doctors are nice people. That's why we don't go to politics, because we're too nice that they, 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 they take us for a ride. <laughs> well, and I think now, too, that I think that's why the whole system for reporting narcotic prescriptions are, are mandated, because I think there's a lot of times that patients get what they want from prescribers, yes. the narcotics. So I think that there are some... Some areas that the government is doing some good things to to help tighten up. Did that. you say the government doing good things? That's I know. I, I was thinking. That's what was I tomorrow, saying? Actually. No, it doesn't work that way. Um, but but you're right. Um, I think I I think that's a bigger problem is when we uh, appease patients by giving them narcotics as often as they want and they ask for. It, it is a problem. Patient appeasement is a problem. Fortunately, with complementary medicine, I mean, what can go wrong when patients um, 
come to me and, 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 and they bring with them this bag full of all the complementary drugs, uh, compl- drugs, <laughs> complementary methods, and a lot of them are multivitamins. And of course, they always ask me, I want your opinion. I always tell them, uh, you didn't ask for my opinion when you bought them, so why do you ask my opinion? Well, just before I take them, they say, I want to know. My response usually when there's multivitamins, I tell them, you know what? It will give you a very, very rich urine. I always make the joke with them because all the vitamins we take except, except A, D, K, and E, all other vitamins go in the urine. I told them when I retire, I'm going to start to open a factory where I collect the urine of people who take alternative medicine and distill it and get all the vitamins and sell it back to them. Can you imagine refurbished how... Urine. Refurbished urine. Refurbished <laughs> urine. <laughs> Instead of buying vitamins from factories, you just, yeah, that's a joke I make to the patients. Yeah. And usually that, that does it. They realize that, oops, I'm wasting my time. Well, isn't it also true that a lot of times that the complementary medicine negates the, um, the efficacy and the outcome of the, the traditional medicine? Shall I honestly, I don't think we have evidence for that. Uh, there, I'm sure there are occasionally... Uh, like when we do, we do a lot of clinical trials. We experiment with the new drugs. And the FDA always is watchful. And they tell us there are foods or supplements that actually can and do potentially interfere or enhance the action through metabolism. Like uh, um, cranberry juice. Cranberry juice is a very dangerous juice to take with some drugs. Right. So that's, and if, if you consider cranberry juice as alternative medicine, as some people do, then we have to be careful. There is a, a drug, uh, there is an alternative medicine called black cohash. Sounds like the cocoa leaves from black the Black cohash. Yeah, it reminds <laughs> me of, uh, of the Hungarian meal called uh, goulash. The black cohash is uh, an alternative medicine available since the 90s, and it was very effective uh, alternative medicine for heart flashes. It puzzled me until one day I decided to look. See what is in it? Estrogen. It's full of a compound called phytoestrogens. And I got scared to death because my breast cancer patients were taking it to eliminate the hot flashes from the drug we used to treat oh my breast cancer with tamoxifen. And that was dangerous. So I started immediately telling everyone, please don't take that. Please don't take that. Yeah, because so it really wasn't affecting the treatment. But it was affecting the overall outcome. It was making cancer grow. Yeah. So, so occasionally, you're right. Occasionally, there are. Again, these are things that we have never tested. Now, the, tested in the lab or in, in anywhere. Now, the people who sell it, they say, well, we did these experiments in Mexico or in Cuba. I always say to them, if Mexico and Cuba were so good, why are they jumping the fence to come to the U.S.? Right? Right. If they are better than us in medicine, we should be the ones jumping the fence and go to their country to be treated. And some people do that, by the way. Well, and you bring up a good point. Um, the cost of alternative and complementary medicines... You know, we have several patients that have gone that route before they even come to our doorstep. And listening to what they've spent up until that point, it just blows my mind. Flying to Germany and having cryo uh, treatment and going to Mexico, flying to Mexico, the whole family going to Mexico for support and staying down there for months. I just, it blows my mind. And then when they come in to seek 
treatment after they realize it's not working, they don't enjoy paying a $10 copay. I just don't know. I don't get it. And they're uh, really getting treatment, and yet they just blew all this money, and it didn't work. That's the thing that upset me the most uh, is, is the amount of money they spent. Uh, two weeks ago, I saw a patient uh, with prostate cancer. He was actually Amish. He's Amish. He went to Mexico four or five times, spending more than half a million dollars. And, uh, yeah, they did gallbladder surgery because he had pain in the right side of the, of the, of the chest. It was from the cancer in the bone they thought was gallbladder. So they removed his gallbladder. It's oh really, it's really sad case. He came now, his PSA is a 4,000, whatever the story is. Um, it, it is painful. There was a lady once, I don't really recall her now, back in the mid 90s. Remember, her first name was Carol, I think. Young lady in their 50s, she had ovarian cancer. And I gave her one or two cycles of chemo. Actually, it worked, but she lost her hair. She was upset. And also, she disappeared. I remember. I remember she had no insurance. Yep. So we got her a free drug and all that because she told me that she only has two or three apartments. She said, you know, don't worry. You know, we, you know, we, we can treat people for, for, for at, at no charge when they are needy and give them a free drug. But anyway, she disappeared for about nine months. And one day they called me to the hospital. They said, we consult you because this lady knows you. You have to come and see her. And I, I went there. She was, like, she was like a ghost just escaped from one of the Nazi concentration camps. The only fat thing about her was belly was very big, full of fluid. So, Carol, what, where were you? What happened? Well, what she did was she had that apartment complex, six or seven units. She sold them, took the money, went to Boston. And there was this place they teach alternative medicine in the form of a Chinese diet. She stayed there six months learning how to cook that Chinese diet. I didn't know it, you, you need six months to. So, she ran out of money. And her cancer was... And by the time she came back, of course, I think she died a few, few days later because she was really mashed. Those are the stories that really hurt me because I sometimes wonder, are we failing our profession? We physicians. Are we saying enough to enlighten the public and the patients about the real good medicine we have these days, the medicine that has contributed so much to prolonging life, quality of life, and yet people are falling for this nonsense. I know, I know. And, and the, the patient I alluded to at the beginning of the episode, the young breast cancer patient, remember she too came back when it was too late. Yeah, I remember her too. That was just it, it is it's sad. disheartening. It is sad. And, and you know what? Sometimes, sometimes I think you and I blame uh, the media, the advertisement. I, I honestly only blame individuals. You as an individual, you have the responsibility to learn and, and know more. The real question is, why is it in the most civilized society in the world, which is the United States, why is it that in this society these things are so prevalent? What is it? that things that defy knowledge, defy logic, defy science, are so popular? The answer to that, Shelley, is three books I read by a philosopher. This is all about philosophy, by the way, and psychology. So it's got nothing to do with science, because when these patients with or family who believe in alternative medicine, 
once you start talking to them about scientific method and science and logic, immediately they draw a curtain. It's like they wear the veil. They don't want to look at you. They plug their ears, they don't don't listen. It's the same thing in in politics, like the way I see it. There are people who have dogmatic opinions about something, and once you discuss with them the logic and science and history, they immediately either run away or change the subject or just stare at you like, I can't hear you. So this philosopher of 19th century, his his name is Gustave Le Bon, L-E-B-O-N. And he wrote several books. I read three of them. The Crowd, no, The Psychology of the Crowd, The Psychology of Revolution. Uh, what was that? Beautiful books, great writer. And he was saying that ideas, even ridiculous ones, can actually flourish in the society much, much better than logic. He brings examples like the French Revolution, how it turned into chaos, into killing, into torturing people. He compared with the American Revolution. Now, in the American Revolution, we have some wise men. When the little boys start creating problems, they immediately say, uh, uh, no, no, this is not our principles. So the American leaders of the American Revolution, those patriots, they actually controlled the crowd. The French, they went on a frenzy. And, and he, in his, this book, he says individuals, the collective wisdom and knowledge of a crowd is much less and the intelligence is much less than the intelligence of one person in the the crowd. You know, I was just thinking of uh, another talking about psychology. I was talking to a pharmaceutical sales rep this, this past weekend in a meeting and she grew up with four sisters same size family. There were four daughters in the household. And she said, you know what was prevalent in her household? Candy. Candy everywhere. What was very limited was fruits and vegetables. So they wanted the fruits and vegetables because it was very limited. And I was just thinking in healthcare with traditional, it's paid for, everybody can get it, but it's like this this mystery type of medicine that's alternative in Germany and Mexico that's hard to get and it costs a lot more money so it must be better. I wonder if it's that kind of philosophy that I'm sure there's a I'm sure there is a role to that one too. I'm sure that if something is hard to is hard to get or if you pay dearly for it, you believe in it's more maybe we should make medicine more expensive, huh? Well that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> so you know, I was just thinking too so so overall to to kind of bring this down I think that alternative, I'm thinking of exercise because I'm always exercising. So alternative exercise to me would be the 1950s jiggling machine that you just get that belt strapped around you and, and that's alternative. But does it work? It doesn't work. That's not, but yet it's looked at as an alternative. Complementary in exercise. So you drink these high calorie protein shakes, yet you're exercising. Again, completely doesn't work. Complementary to me is you use stealth bombers, supplement them with a machine gun. And when when the stealth bomber does the job, you say the machine gun contributed to the success. The alternative, I have no idea. I think the alternative to exercise is sitting on the the couch. That's alternative to exercise. (laughs) Okay. Well, this has been fun again. Um, as always, you can you can download our episodes, our prior episodes, on www.gabrielcancercenter.com. 